the travel incident happened in spring of 2019. For info, I'm 23 years old. For the sake of this story, I'm going to call myself James. I have two brothers, and I'll refer to them as Jake and Charles. We come from an ultra-wealthy family, and my brothers and I received a very large inheritance from our grandfather, and our parents are pretty laid back. They don't force us to go to college or to even get a job, and they pretty much let us do as we please with the inheritance money. So my brothers and I decided that we wanted to travel the world for six months every year. So in 2019, I had booked multiple one-way flight tickets and multiple four-star hotels, and that included one small Caribbean destination called Martinique. Martinique is an overseas French territory located in the Caribbean. It's a small island with a population of about 350,000 people. On April 5th, halfway through my travel spree, it was time to leave France to head to Martinique, and I was really looking forward to visiting this beautiful island, so I hopped on the flight and went on my way. Now, I have two half-sisters that live there, so I stayed over at their house, and they planned to be my guide for my three-week stay there. I'll refer to my sisters as Anissa and Sabrina. The first week went pretty well. My sisters drove me around and helped me explore the island, as well as visited secluded beaches that were less populated by the tourists. But the second day of the next week, this is where my near-death experience happened. My two sisters and I decided to go on a short getaway outside of Fort de France, the capital of Martinique, and we were going to spend two days at a small beach two hours away from the city. We had rented a condo right in front of a secluded beach. When we arrived there, everything was great. We had a good time laughing and chatting and enjoying the scenery. But right at night, I decided to go for a walk on the beach to get some alone time, and I even decided to get into the water for a nighttime swim. While swimming around, all of a sudden, I had felt a hand grabbing my neck from behind, and they were starting to choke me. I tried to get away, but the person behind me was way too strong. I was gasping for air, and I had managed to let out a scream. Right then, my two sisters came out. We all then tried restraining him as best as we could, while they then called the police. The police eventually showed up, and the man was arrested. The most scary part is, even though the man was in the police car, he was looking right at me and smiling very widely as they took him. I've never thought something like this would actually happen to me. The rest of my time in Martinique went well, but I was not unhappy to leave. I do still travel the world six months a year from January to June, but I'm much more cautious now, and I always do my research before I ever visit any other countries. As it turns out, Martinique is not a very safe island. There's frequently lots of cases of homicides, kidnappings, sexual assaults, and drugs. So yeah, I'm definitely going to be more careful in the future. A bit of context before we start this story. This particular beach I work at is very unique and that it charges an additional fee for non-residents to walk into the sand. With the fee being paid, you're given a ticket that acts as a pass to prove that you paid. My role at said beach is to make sure everybody pays for a ticket before entering. So as you can imagine, 
it puts me at the center of a largely negative crowd. On this particular day, it was very sunny and hot out, the perfect beach day, and I was put at my favorite gate to check passes. This gate has a reputation for being a bit easier than the rest, due to it being deader than other gates, as it's a tucked away entrance, hence why I enjoyed it so much. A very soon-to-be unhappy patron had approached the gate in an attempt to enter. Before I continue, I would like to quickly describe him. He was maybe about 5'8", with a bit of a beer belly, thick beard, and bald. He wore a ripped-up gray shirt, sunglasses, and jeans for attire. Personally, the jeans struck me as odd because it was 85 to 86 degrees out, and therefore far too hot for jeans. But to each their own, I suppose. Anyways, I greeted him warmly, and I then informed him of the beach policy, but he was having none of it. The man took an aggressive response, and then saying, You're really trying to drain my pockets, aren't you, little boy? Then following up with a threat, the man had described how he could wait and follow me home after I clocked out. At this point, I didn't know what this guy was on, but I too had enough. I got up, towering over him at six foot three, and I told him to leave immediately or he'll have problems. To this he scoffed, told me he wasn't finished, and then stomped off. This guy didn't really phase me, as I was used to doing underground fighting, and guys like him were all talk, and I knew it would only last a couple of minutes before getting knocked out. Well, the day went by very quickly, and before you knew it, it was time to go home. I was working the closing shift that day, and I also lived nearby, so I walked home. A female co-worker who we'll call Mary also lived nearby, and she asked if I could walk her home. We started walking, when Mary had then asked who the dude was behind us, and how he's been behind us for a few turns now. Turning around, I instantly recognized him as the man from before. Upon looking at him, he then yelled, Hey! Remember me, little boy? My fire response kicked in as I then approached him, but that response instantly turned to freeze when I then saw the man pull out a huge-ass butcher's knife. Whoever the hell this guy was, he was definitely on something, because he was literally doing all this over beach admission. He began charging at Mary, but by some miracle... I snapped out of it, and I then stopped him from getting any closer. My interception wasn't completely clean, as he had managed to land a cut on my hand. Thankfully though, it wasn't too bad, but it did leave a scar. Holding each other's wrists, me and the men were locked in place with his knife inching closer and closer to me. I don't really know if it was the drugs he was on, or if it was that he was stronger than he looked, but I couldn't overpower him and if I tried to move away, he would have probably stabbed me. Just as I was about to give in, I heard the most reassuring thing imaginable. Police! On the ground! After the guy wasn't letting go, an officer came by to get him off of me and then restrain him. I then fell to the ground in panting and adrenaline going through my veins. I'd been in many street fights before, but they typically bang you up and don't threaten your life. I seriously cannot be more thankful for Mary that night, as if she wasn't there, I would likely not be here sharing this story with you at all. After this event, 
I was taken to the hospital for my minor injuries and to the police station for questioning. I never really learned what the deal was with that deranged psycho man, but I'm absolutely certain that I wish to never see him again in my life. The story is something that has truly stuck with me, even though it happened about nine years ago. For some context, I live in Australia and my house is on the beachfront. I'm very fortunate that I live in such a nice area and I love the beach. Most of the houses on my street are really nice and modern, but at the time that this story took place, there was a house about four houses down from me that was really odd. It was a really creepy looking house and it was two stories and it was made completely out of dark colored wood, almost like a very large cabin. It was completely different from all the other houses, so it really stuck out to me and the other people on my street. All of the kids used to call it the scary house, however, it didn't really bother me at the time. When I was about 10 years old, my brother who was 12 got a frisbee for Christmas. It was one of those really big glider ones that fly quite a long distance. It was a few days after this that my brother and I decided to play with a frisbee right in front of the yard. This was basically just a long strip of grass that went across multiple other front yards. We had spent a few minutes throwing it back and forth, and because the frisbee flew so far, I ended up standing a few houses down. I'm sure that you've guessed it by now, but yeah, I was standing right in front of the creepy house. My brother threw the frisbee right as a gust of wind came in, and it went right over the fence into the backyard. After a lot of argument going back and forth, it was then decided that I would be the one to get the frisbee, because even though my brother was older, he was a big scaredy cat. Instead of just ringing the doorbell and asking for the frisbee back, my dumbass decided it would be a good idea to jump the gate and go get it myself. I quickly climbed up the gate and walked down into a small patio area that was very overgrown. I could see the frisbee in the middle of the patio and I ran to grab it. As I looked up, I saw that the man that lived there was actually inside. The whole back door was made of glass, so I could see right in. He was just sitting in a lounge chair looking right at me. I shit myself thinking he was going to come out of the house and start yelling at me, or even just ask what I was doing. But he didn't do either of those things. He just sat there staring at me with the most creepy look. He was an older man, and he was literally just staring right at me with this weird half-smile and dead eyes, and it made me freeze with fear. I quickly snapped out of it and ran to jump back over the gate. I ran back to my brother, and I told him that I didn't want to play anymore, and then quickly went back inside. I never told my parents this, as I thought I would get into big trouble for even being in his yard in the first place. Well, about two years later... My parents got a knock on the door from the police. They had asked them some questions about that guy that lived in the house and if me or my brother ever interacted with him. Come to find out, he had apparently been arrested for having child pornography and trying to touch up on a little girl. I'm not really sure what happened to him after that, but I sure as hell hope he went to jail for a long time. 
Even now, just thinking about the fact that this guy was an absolute creep, probably looking at my 10-year-old self like I was his next meal, absolutely disgusts me. His house eventually got knocked down, and I'm really glad that I never have to look at it again as a reminder. This happened when I was 13 years old. I'm now 24. I used to live in a small town where there really wasn't much to do. I mean, besides ride our bicycles and hang out at abandoned spots with a group of friends. It was during the summer where my friends and I, Dan, Justin, and Nick, wanted to basically just hang out in different spots around town all night long. Just for the fun of it, I guess. We all told our parents we were sleeping in Justin's house so that we could go out without having them worry about us as they would have surely said no to us wanting to go out all night. It was only around midnight, and everything was going alright, and we eventually wanted to go on our phones and use the library's Wi-Fi, since none of us had data on our phones at the time. I can honestly still remember just how quiet it was. It was like the whole city itself was asleep, when all of a sudden, a blood-curdling scream from a woman broke the silence. I felt my heart drop into my stomach. It sounded like it was only maybe 50 feet away. Me and my friends all looked at each other. Justin and Nick looked terrified, to the point where they were shaking and I could almost see tears start to form on their faces. Let's get the fuck out of here, dude, said Justin. Yeah, fuck this. I'm heading home, said Nick. Dan and I both just looked at each other, and despite the fear... Our curiosity really got the best of us, and both of us wanted to go see what was going on. After arguing for about 30 seconds with one another, Nick and Justin booked it, while Dan and I went to look for the source of the scream. There happened to be a bank maybe about a block away from the library, and after running in between some bushes and buildings, what we saw then made me stop dead in my tracks. I was standing maybe about 50 feet away from two dudes trying to mug this poor old lady, and there were also two other guys looking out for any witnesses. After maybe about two to three seconds, one of the men noticed us hiding behind the corner of a building, and then screamed, Hey you two, get over here! I looked to my right, and Dan was already running away. He was maybe about 30 feet away from me, when he then yelled, Alex! Run! Get the hell out of here! When I looked back at the men, one of the guys actually started sprinting towards me. There was also a streetlight shining right over us. I couldn't make out any description of the man besides the fact that I saw a glare next to his hand. A huge knife. After I snapped out of whatever state of shock I was in, the man was maybe about 10 feet away from me, and I started running as fast as I possibly could. I could feel my heart pounding through my ears, but the sound of his footsteps telling me were definitely more than enough to keep me going. I ran back towards the library where there was a walkway with two handrails about five feet high. With my boost of adrenaline, I completely jumped across the handrails and I then ran right into the main street where I finally couldn't hear his footsteps anymore. When I looked back, he was gone and so was Dan. I could still hear the commotion going on at the bank where the old lady was. She eventually got back in her car and then started chasing the men that robbed her. 
I could actually hear her car revving and swerving in between streets, as I was also trying to run in between streets trying to find Dan. I was hiding in a bush behind a random house that I ran behind so that I could catch my breath, and I heard two of the men yelling at each other. Where the fuck are these kids? They saw us, man. I swear. Fuck them. We got the money. We've had enough of this old bitch trying to run us over. Let's find the others and bail out of here already. After waiting for about 15 minutes, the town was just as quiet as before this whole fiasco started. I booked it, and Dan and I got lucky, meeting up with each other on another street two blocks away. We went to a truck stop together to try and get our heads together as to what we just witnessed. After talking about it, and eventually saying fuck it, we just snug back into our homes, totally traumatized, and really happy to have slipped away from potentially being beaten or God knows what else. We did eventually find out from the police days later that the men were eventually caught, and after some time passed, they ended up serving some major time for what they did. I still can't believe that all this happened on the one night where we decided to sneak out. A welcoming cool front came in on this mid-July evening. The mild breeze brought the smells of summer through the open windows in my house. I made a glass of iced tea, and I went outside to sit on my deck that faced my backyard. The breeze brought the hot temperature down to around 70 degrees, making it a perfect evening to get some fresh air. I was very relaxed and unwinded down from the day. I love sitting outside in the summer evenings. My deck was built off the back of my house. It had stairs off of it leading straight into my backyard, which was surrounded by a chain-link fence. Now, in my yard is what I call the jungle. It was a small patch of trees and wild bushes that densely covered the left back corner of my yard. Now, I never went back in that jungle area. I just let it be. I had been sitting outside for about half an hour before dust set in. I had drank my iced tea and was headed back inside for a refill, when I then heard a noise coming from the jungle. It sounded like a twig snapping. Now, in the late fall and winter, I could easily see into the jungle being the trees and bushes were bare of their leaves. But this was summer, so the jungle was not so revealing. At this point, the noise could have just been a raccoon or really anything, but my gut was telling me otherwise. I acted as if I hadn't just heard or suspected anything, and I went into the house with my empty glass. I then shut my door and immediately locked the sliding glass deck doors. I then turned on the spotlight, which then shone right into the backyard. I then turned off the kitchen light and then strained to look into the jungle. That's when I saw him. At that point, I could barely make out a dark figure crouched down behind a bush on the outer edge of the jungle. I frantically ran right into my house and started shutting and locking all of my doors and windows. I grabbed my phone and I frantically dialed 911 while crouching down in my bedroom master closet. The dispatch operator told me that the police were en route to my house and to stay in that closet until she told me to come out. I was trying to keep my breathing steady, but I felt like I couldn't breathe. I was so scared. I had given her my address, and I was giving her the details about what and where I had seen the man, 
when I then heard tapping on my bedroom window. I then gasped with crippling fear. I whispered to dispatch that someone was trying to open my bedroom window. She confirmed to me that the police were still en route to my house, and again told me not to come out of my closet. Now, if I peeked my head to the right right around the corner from my closet door, I could see out of the bedroom window. And even though I knew better, I looked out my window. At first, all I could really see was darkness, until a man's face then came into view from him holding a flashlight upward from underneath his chin. He obviously wanted me to see him. He looked angry and very frustrated. He shut off the flashlight almost as quickly as he turned it on. I kept staring at the window, even though I can no longer see him at this point. I was frozen still out of fear while sweat beads rolled down my face. I was trying to calculate in my head what I just saw. I didn't make a sound. Then the man started calling my damn name in a mocking tone over and over. He stopped and then started hardcore banging on the window. It was obvious that he knew me somehow and he wanted to get in my house in the worst way. Then it stopped. I consciously heard dispatch squirming my name from my cell phone that was clutched in my hand. I then whispered to her what was happening. She told me that the police were now pulling into my driveway and again stay inside that closet until she told me to come out. I could see flashing lights bouncing off the hallway walls from my bedroom. Dispatch was now telling me everything was going to be okay. After what seemed like an eternity, she told me that an officer was at my front door and it was now safe to let him in. She said to keep her on the line until I opened the door and I could actually see the officer. This is when I started sobbing. It was only then when I finally saw the police officer that I finally felt safe. Then a second police car pulled into my driveway with also flashing lights. I thanked dispatch and I hung up with her. The police officer informed me that he had checked out my entire backyard, including the jungle, but he didn't see anyone. Both of the officers also checked the inside of my house. They then gave me an all clear of any intruder inside my house. The man was never caught. He never came back around me that I know of, and to this day, I have no idea who he was. I ended up selling my house shortly after that happened. I just couldn't live there anymore, as I just didn't feel safe. It's been five years now, and I've had no similar incidents where I now live. I have no idea how that man even knew my name. For all I know, he could have learned it by looking at a piece of my mail in my mailbox, but it was obvious he had been watching me for quite some time. And to this day, that still gives me the creeps. I've had a security system installed in my new house, and I've also put up extra floodlights. I also have heavy-duty locks on my doors and windows, and I own a handgun too. But there's one thing that I don't have now, and that's a jungle in my backyard. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night, everyone, and remember to always stay.